Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Scherzer back in action later on tonight. And uh, boy, has he been dealing. Uh, We'll talk a lot of Major League Baseball with you. Uh, Of course, uh, the Yankees, uh, not sure what's going on there. Uh, Their first slump of the season, uh, trying to avoid... uh, they're, they're uh, another loss here. Um, you know, they went, as we know, of course, they went one and two in the series against the Reds. Uh, they split the series against the Red Sox uh, with the last time they faced them. And, of course, they lost last night. So uh, I, I know very frustration, a lot of frustration setting in for Yankee fans because such high expectations, and rightfully so, based on what we've seen and how they've produced so far this season. Uh, thank God they have a really nice, huge lead in the American League East. Uh, against their opponent, but don't forget, uh, I think bigger picture here, right? We're looking at the Astros and we're looking at uh, that uh, American League division uh, championship that's going to decide who represents the American League in the World Series. We're anticipating it be the Yankees and the Astros. And now the Yankees only three and a half games up uh, to the Astros. So we'll we'll get into a lot of Major League Baseball talk. I, I know I'm just I'm I'm picking up where Dave just left off, and I know he had a ton of calls uh, pertaining to the Knicks. So uh, so why don't we start right there, and uh, and talk some uh, some NBA with you. And and obviously no bigger story uh, this week than the fact that the Utah Jazz now uh, reports are. <laughs> And I, you know, I, I say this each and every time I come on air, I just, I feel like every time I'm, I'm on Twitter, every time I, I'm, I'm re, you know, I'll take a, I'll take a break in the course of, I don't know, my, my, my golf round or whatever, whatever I might doing dinner with friends and, uh, and I go online to Twitter or I, I, I check into ESPN.com and it's a new storyline. Right at first, like Utah, the Jazz, not interested in hearing any offers for Donovan Mitchell. They're going to build around Donovan Mitchell. Done. Uh, you know, nothing going on here. Please continue to walk on by. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. And then now all of a sudden, oh well, ah, the Utah Jazz willing to listen to offers for Donovan Mitchell. And of course, now here is where we are at. And and there's a lot of talk and speculation in regard to what do the Utah Jazz want in exchange for Donovan Mitchell. On top of the fact that there's a lot of talk out there it's not just the Knicks I know that's the that's the team uh, that a number of analysts and and those that of course uh, beat reporters and 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 have close ties to the Jazz as well as the Knicks feel that that's the team that that potentially is going to land Donovan Mitchell because based on you know their draft capital 11 first round draft picks in the next seven years uh, that they have the majority of what it's going to take to get Donovan Mitchell but the Heat Potentially, reports are that they're involved, even though uh, everything that I'm hearing is that Pat Riley has got his mind and his heart and everything set on Katie. We'll see if that happens. Um, The Nets now, apparently, could be a landing place for Donovan Mitchell. Toronto has been associated OKC as well. So there are a few other teams out there that I'm sure are knocking on the door of one Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz to inquire about what it might take to land him. 
But where are we with the latest? Uh, I filled in for a few 7 to 10 p.m. shows earlier this week and um, and, in the big talk. And I took a lot of calls in regard to uh, R.J. Barrett. Knicks fans, would you be willing, and, and, and this was, again, earlier this week. I'll bring you up to speed on where we are now. But earlier this week, the talk that we were having here and what was being reported is that it was going to take at least R.J. Barrett, if not Toppins, uh, Grimes, and some other players, right, um, along with four first-round draft picks in order to land Donovan Mitchell. And I, I got a slew of calls. I mean, just like... And, and Tom, I want to say you, you produced a few of the shows that I was on later earlier this week, the 7 to 10. We've got Tom and Ty, by the way, who are producing the show this afternoon. Gentlemen, welcome in, welcome in. Obviously, I want you to chime in whenever you feel, um, you know, uh, thrilled to do so. But Tom, I, I think you produced a few of the shows, right? And I mean, we just had a boatload of calls. And I, when, would you agree that 90% of the calls were, no, we can't, R.J. Barrett, no, no, absolutely not off limits can't be traded in terms of rj barrett most people that i've listened to when i was producing anita they said no to rj barrett but some were mixed on even wanting donovan mitchell to begin with okay now that's that's neither here nor there um and 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 i can understand why the asking price uh, for donovan mitchell right now is is pretty extraordinary so where are we right now now reports are oh no, Utah, Utah Jazz, they don't want they don't want RJ Barrett, not because he's not good, not because there's there's not a hope or expectation that his ceiling could even rise uh, moving forward in his career. But the amount of money that you're going to have to pay him next year um, is, uh, you know, it'd be different if maybe this draft was happening and, and maybe you could still get RJ Barrett for another two or three years. Uh, on his rookie deal, but that's not going to be the case. And, you know, we, we saw the amount of money fly around this free agency. Uh, you know, RJ Barrett is going to get his next year. So again, reports are, again, it's, it's not because the Utah Jazz don't feel that RJ Barrett is a good NBA player. It's just, they don't want to have to pay the price uh, of the expectation of what R.J. Barrett is going to require and demand uh, next season in the NBA. So, so where does it stand right now? The Utah Jazz allegedly want six, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six, count them, six first-round draft picks. How many of those um, will be un, un, unprotected, unrestricted, however you want to phrase it? Uh, majority of, of trades that have gone down. So, for example, Javante Murray going to the Atlanta Hawks. Three first-round draft picks, two unprotected. Okay, Rudy Gobert going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Four first-round draft picks, three unprotected. So if you do the math there, is it five unprotected? Is, is, it, is it five, six first-round draft picks and five unprotected? Whoa, that's a hefty price, I tell you. I don't for and, and don't get me wrong. Like Donovan Mitchell, great. His deal, four years, one thirty-four point nine. That bodes well for this team. Of course, if they have to pay up for R.J. Barrett to keep R.J. Barrett next year, right? Um, money definitely works in favor of of the Knicks. That's for sure. And and not to take anything away from Donovan, I think he's I think he's a, a great basketball player in the NBA, but worth six. First round draft picks. Now you can say, Anita, 
the draft is a crapshoot. Yeah, I, I mean, go look, look at the track record of, of the Knicks. Now, granted, this is a new front office. This is a new regime, right? Like, uh, you know, you, you don't have those. Uh, and, and I know it's been a revolving door. It's been musical chairs here. And, and I think that's a big reason why the Knicks have taken two steps forward and five steps back. Uh, because when you when when it is a revolving door in the front office, there's a, a lot of different um, you know uh, philosophies and, and how you want to draft and the teams you want to create and the teams you want to build. I, I get all that, um, and and the track record here is not great, and and the NBA draft is a crapshoot. I, I mean, how many times you know we we could sit here, we you know we could actually have some fun. And, and Ty, I know you're a big NBA fan as well. We could sit here and have fun and go back and, and, and look at the draft and say, you know, the, the player that went number one overall or number two overall isn't always the, the best player in, in, you know, three or four or five years later. I, I mean, look, Michael Jordan wasn't drafted number one overall, right? Like we're sitting here and we're still questioning Zion Williamson and, and, and you know, his health issues. I'm sure if he was uh, not as large and in charge. Maybe he wouldn't have all the health issues and he would be on the court and his game and his play would indicate that he was the best player coming out of the draft. But this was the big concern coming out, right? Like too big muscles can't, uh, his, his bones can't solidify and, and, and hold all that weight and all that muscle mass. So therefore, um, you know, he's, he's in a situation where he's constantly being injured. And, 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 and that notion has, has turned out to be true. And that's what we're seeing right now, right, uh, with him in, in New Orleans. But nonetheless, you know, you could turn around and you could say, well, wait a minute, Anita. The, the NBA draft, and especially the way the NBA draft, I, I'm not a big uh, supporter of, of the, the lottery. I, I'm just not, you know. I just, I'm someone like, I understand that the reason that it, it's been implemented is because you want to avoid teams tanking. Okay. Um, but I, I still, I, I, I think, I think you lose a degree of parity in the NBA when you have, you have a, a, a lottery where a team who finishes worst overall still has a large percentage of getting the number one ping pong ball but more times than not doesn't get it, right? So, A, the draft is a crapshoot because because of the lottery and and the ping-pong ball fiasco that I don't agree to. And also, it's a crapshoot because not, not always are your top three draft picks the ones that really materialize as your best players in the NBA three, four, five years out. Just not. So that's, I mean, so again, I'm playing, I'm playing devil's advocate to myself here, right? Like if I'm sitting back and I'm saying, well, whoa, six first round draft picks. And let's just assume that five are unprotected. uh, You know, uh, Anita, that's too much. Okay. You know what? You're right. It is. But then devil's advocate counter argument here is how, how, how successful has this Knicks team been in the draft? Not very. You, could, you can say it's a new day, it's a new regime, it's a new front office. You want to believe that their scouting department is better. You wanted to believe that they're going to be making better decisions. But even you look around outside of, I think the Golden State Warriors are an outlier, right? Gold, the Golden State Warriors, to me, are the New England Patriots of the NBA. 
Okay, both those franchises, both those organizations are outliers in regard to what they're able to do, how they're able to draft, how their front office operates in free agency and drafting. Okay, you want to try to aspire to be the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they are just they are in a situation right now. I know there's a lot of talk and speculation. Could they package up all their young talent and use that as a trade to get Katie to come back out west and join them in San Francisco? Okay, but if they don't. That Golden State Warriors team, they are locked and loaded, ready to like next man up and not miss a beat and not to take anything away from Clay or, or Draymond Green. Obviously, nobody compares to Curry, but for the most part, that's a team that's, that's willing to step up and continue to continue to be competitive uh, and continue to make it to the postseason in this league. So they are an outlier. So I, I know I've unpacked a lot here, and, and there is a lot to discuss, and, and, and so we've got a nice bank of calls, so let's get to you. Simon, Jamie, Matt, Jeremy, hang tight. Anita Marks with you. We've got Ty and Tom, who are producing the show this afternoon. Uh, we'll do a deep dive into the NBA. We'll talk some, uh, some, some Major League Baseball as well. I'm sure Yankee fans, I don't know, do we need to walk anybody off the ledge? I hope not. Listen, it's, it's been a long first half of the season the All-Star break is right around the corner. I think it's perfect timing. I think that's what this team needs. It just it needs to it just needs to take a step back. It needs to breathe. You've got you've got the trade deadline August 2nd around the corner as well. So, uh, you know, I, I understand Yankee fans, you know, panicking right now because th- this is what's been going on here the last week or so is is not what is not what they're used to. But I, I'm, I'm not pushing the panic button yet. And, and we'll dive into all that as well. Nita Marks with you till uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon here on 98.7. ES- 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. SPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, The potential uh, trade that could go down between the Utah Jazz and the Knicks. Uh, By the way, this 98.7 ESPN leader update brought to you by Superbook Sports. That's right. Superbook Sports is live in New Jersey. Visit Superbook.com for all the latest odds and promotions. Have a problem? Make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're talking about the leaderboard for the Open. Unfortunately, Tiger Woods did not make the cut. I swear, it's just it's just my luck, right? I say Tiger Woods not going to make the cut in the Masters. He makes the cut. I say Tiger Woods not going to make the cut in the PGA Championship. He makes the cut. I say Tiger's going to make the cut in the Open across the pond, his favorite course in the whole entire world at St. Andrews, the 150th, and Tiger does not make the cut. More money was wagered. On Tiger Woods making the cut, I want to say it opened up at minus 120. I said, I want to say it jumped up to minus 160 at, uh, at, on, on Thursday, Thursday morning when they teed off. So sportsbooks made a killing by Tiger Woods not making the cut. But what does the uh, leaderboard look like right now? 
Victor Hovland at the top of it. He's four under today, so he's 14 under on the board. And Rory, my pick to win it all, he is two shots back. He's two under through six today. He's playing alongside Hovland, so he's 12 under on the board. So he's two shots back along with Cam Smith, Cam Young, as well, Patrick Cantlay is 10 under. He's, uh, look, man, this is amazing. Take a look at this leaderboard. This is going to come down to a really fun Sunday morning. Hovland, Rory, Cam Smith, Cam Young, Cantlay, DJ, Scotty Scheffler, Fleetwood, Spieth. Whoa, unbelievable. So, uh, so this, is, this, is, this is becoming really, really a, a fun tournament uh, to watch for the remainder of the afternoon and, of course, uh, tomorrow morning. And just a reminder, uh, on tomorrow morning for On the Tee, bright and early at 8 a.m., getting you ready for the final round. Of course, uh, tee times uh, start around 3.30 in the morning, but we'll be on to get you ready for those dudes uh, that, of course, are at the top of the leaderboard. Without further ado, let's go back to our calls. Uh, talking all things Knicks, NBA, Donovan Mitchell, six first round draft picks. And I'm assuming, right, like this hasn't been reported, but based on the track record of what we're seeing, out of the six, will five of them be unprotected? Will four of them be unprotected? Uh, only time will tell. Let's go to Jeremy in Queens. Jeremy, welcome in. How you doing? I just want to say this. The Knicks got to take a good look at this. Danny Ainge don't want Donovan Mitchell playing this year because he don't have Rudy Gobert. So his trade value going to go down. So what I'm thinking is you take four picks, two unprotected, one Dallas pick, and then another fully unprotected pick, along with either Obi Toppin or Julius Randle with Cam Reddish, and quickly talk to the Nets. Talk to Rich Kleiman. Tell KD you got a chance to play along with Jalen Bronson, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. You take your choice, either Obi or Julius. And I think that's a play. That's a championship team. Do you? But Jeremy, do you really think? Do you really think the Nets would trade KD to the Knicks? All right. Two things. The Nets got fleeced by Danny Age before. So they, you know, they even if they don't make the trade, them being in the conversation, it helps both them and the Knicks since Danny Ainge fleeced them. Another thing too, who else can give the Nets the best trade for KD? Phoenix is already out of it because they signed DeAndre Ayton. The Knicks got the best package, and then they get they get if they want Randall, they get Randall. They get quickly. They get some picks. They get a great deal back. So I'm thinking that's what I would do if I was the Knicks. Yeah, I just and, and, and Jeremy appreciate the phone call. I know you were on hold for a while, so uh, so thank you for that, sir. I just and 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 I disagree with you. I, I do believe that the Golden State Warriors have the best package to offer in regard to proven talent. Like we've seen these guys, these young players step up, especially not only that, but the experience that they got in the postseason. Not only are we seeing young players ball out, but the experience they got by taking that ride with the Golden State Warriors this past year, um, I, I, think, I think has a lot of value there. So I, just, I, I, I think the Golden State Warriors have the, have the best value in regard to an, a, a trade with KD and, and the Nets. And, and then number two, I, just, I think it'll be a cold day in hell before the Nets make any type of trade offer with the Knicks. That's for sure. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Simon in New Haven. Simon, welcome in. Hi, Anita. How you doing? Hi, good morning, or good afternoon, I should say. It's already 1230. 
We we have we have got to get rid of Boone. He proves time and time again he does not know how to manage. I'm telling you, excuse after excuse. He keeps you know you know doing stu- stupid stuff. I mean, why do you have to pinch it for Higashioka? The guy has some pop in his bat. Anybody knows you pinch it for Gallo because he stinks. But no, the excuse I want to get I wanted to get something started. I mean, come on. I mean, Boone doesn't know how to manage. He treats these pitches like garbage. I mean, listen, we don't we don't need these, we don't need baseball bats. We need ping pong paddles. I mean, listen, two opportunities. Simon, I, I Simon, game. I appreciate I appreciate the phone call. We're talking uh, we're talking NBA right now, but but just to just to respond to you, I, I'm not going to sit here. I, I've said this time and time again. You could sit here and you could criticize Boone, you know, for managing and, and making certain decisions in regard to who's pinch hitting, who's who's coming in, who's coming out, how soon he pulls a, a starting pitcher, who's coming in for that starting pitcher, what is he doing in the bullpen. But I'm telling you, everything, every time we have a Yankees beat reporter on or somebody who's got their finger on the pulse of Major League Baseball, they say the same thing. The Yankees are one of the most aggressive teams when it comes to analytics. So I just, I'm, I'm going to, I understand the frustration. I understand you want to throw Booney under the bus. I get it. But we just, based on everything that we hear, he's, he, is, he is subject to an analytics department and team that I am certain is in his ear based on a, a, a plethora of reporters that we've had on this show. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Uh, the Red Sox uh, do win uh, 5-4 last night. Montgomery, six innings, uh, six hits, three runs, and four strikeouts. Voldy um, off the IL and uh, did okay. A little over four innings, uh, six hits, three runs, four strikeouts. As we know, Boston, uh, they went up early 2-0. Devers with a two-run home run. Uh, Vasquez, of course, with a home run in the fourth. And Stanton getting some of his as well. He shot his 24th home run of the season, a three-run home run. And IFK, of course, uh, helps Torres score uh, because of an error, no less. But uh, but unfortunately, in the 11th, the Red Sox do win 5-4. Uh, Tyone going at it later on tonight. He's got a 9-2-4-0-1 ERA. Uh, unfortunately, though, his last two starts, no bueno. Um, they have lost uh, when he has started. So 800-919-3776. Um, you know, and like I said, the last caller who called in and was talking about Juan Soto and, and what's going on with the Yankees. Ty, before we go back to our calls, again, as a Yankee fan, I want to bring you in. I'm sure you're hearing the same thing I've been hearing, and that is as we're getting closer to the trade deadline, and there's been a few names that have been out there that have been associated with the Yankees. But what I've been hearing is uh, no prospects, like like not going to dip into the farm system. Yeah, but uh, with mean, with a guy like Juan Soto, does that does that philosophy change? Ha- well, listen, it has to because there's mm-hmm. no way. First of all, the Nationals like this. I, I, Met fans are gonna have fun with this. There, there is no scenario that exists, and I'm not an insider. Obviously, I'm you know I'm just giving my opinion. I don't know that there's any scenario that that exists where the Nationals are if they do trade Juan Soto, which I'm still not certain that they will. 
He is a generational talent and, and, and player, one of the faces of baseball. There's no scenario that exists where they're trading him inside their own division. Like, why would you trade him to the Mets? That makes no sense. Um, but, but but on your point about the Yankees, uh, I don't know how involved they're going to be in on on this situation. But you know, Aaron Judge, that's a, that's still a, a contract that has to be figured out. You have to involve and you have to include your young prospects. The Nationals, if they trade him, they're going to want the farm for him, literally, literally and figuratively. So you can talk all you want about, you know, we're not including Volpe. That conversation with the GM in Washington is going to start and end with Anthony Volpe. Um, you know, another thing, and I'm just, I'm just throwing this out here, right? Like in, in the conversations I've had, whether it's with Buster Olney, who's been on the show as of recently, or, you know, other Major League Baseball uh analysts and and beat reporters for the Yankees when talking about the Aaron judge contract. Now keep in mind, big reason why Aaron judge was offered the deal that he was by Brian Cashman, the Yankees prior to the season starting two reasons. Number one, I think we forget he's 30 years old. I know he doesn't look like he's 30, but he's 30 years old. Got a late start here in the bigs and and many do. It's not a knock on him. Uh, So he's had five full major league baseball seasons and out of those five only two of the five has he played more than 115 115 games uh, for the yankees so two things here number one he's 30 you look at the the statistics of major league baseball players and when they when they hit anywhere between 35 36 37 boom their statistics drop so what does that mean uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna pay aaron judge and he wants to be paid more than than mike trout which now you're talking 40 million dollars so if if you're going to give Aaron Judge what he wants and what many people feel other teams are going to offer him, possibly one here in town as well in Queens, the Mets, you're talking 10 years, $40 million. Your, your Chances are you're paying him his last five or four years of his deal. Product, productivity, the production is not going to be there based on, you know, the, the trends of baseball players and what they're able to contribute after 35 years old. Okay. Soto, different story, right? Younger, not as many uh, injury um, issues. Um, just, 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 just throwing that out there, food for thought. And 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 I and also I want to say his name was brought up in in talking to a few reporters that we've had on, and I've asked them, what do you feel the probability is of Aaron Judge playing for the Yankees next season and those that are not as optimistic? Maybe I get a 50% chance. Maybe I get a 30% chance. Soto's name has been brought up as a player that uh, possibly moving forward the Yankees would want to try to go after. 800-919-3776. Let's go to George in Jersey. George, you're up. Hey, Anita, what's going on? Uh, So first of all, I think that the Nationals can't be thinking about not being able to trade uh, Juan Soto into the division. If the I'm, I'm a Mets fan, a big transparency, but if the Mets can, you know, uh, provide them with the best package at this point with the impending sale of the Nationals, you know, they need to be able to get what they can. And then I'm thinking also um, a big sleeper team that could be out there and could provide, provide a big, a, a nice package. Uh, for Soto could be the San Francisco Giants because they don't have a lot of, um, you know, payroll allocated to a lot of teams. And they have about, I think, five or five of the top ten um, prospects in their uh, farm system. So, but 
you know, and at the same time, you know, with the with the Yankees, they have to be able to, uh, you know, give up their prospects for that type of talent. So what do you think about that, Andy? Um, again, you know, I... <laughs> I, I I think for a player like Juan Soto, you know, I, I think I think the and, and I appreciate the phone call. Um, I think for a player like Juan Soto, I, I think the whole notion of, you know, uh, prospects off the table uh, or null and void. I, I mean, you know, obviously it, it has to it has to be dependent on the player that you're talking about now prior to uh, this situation uh, developing this afternoon. Who were some of the players that were on the radar that we've been hearing about? for the Yankees. Uh, you know, I, I agree with Brian Cashman at that point. You know, the names that were out there, um, I, I'm sorry, the name escapes me, uh, the Kansas City Royal player who's not vaxxed now. The, oh, ben, the, Andrew Benintendi. There you go. Um, also, Reynolds, right, has been associated. Castillo, in, in regard to starting pitching. You know, th- so those players that we've heard, right, Ty, like, like that potentially could be um, a, a, a trade partner to come here and help the Yankees potentially win a World Series. Like, I understand those players, you know, there's, no, there's not a, a huge wow factor. You know, yes, w- w- will they be a means to an end? Will they better this team? Absolutely. So, but I think when you're talking Soto, I, I think, you know, you're, you're on a totally different planet, let alone universe. Yeah, I'm, and... It's it, it's tough, and I I get this this fantasy of your Met fa- uh, a Met fan uh, that presents itself when you imagine how you have an owner who's willing to spend a fortune. I just can't I can't see a scenario where the Nationals are are gonna trade him within the division. It, it just I just can't see it happening. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? That's right. It's time for Click or Don't Click, a fun way. We take our tour around our wide, wide world of sport. We find out what is trending at 1.46 p.m. on this Saturday afternoon. Without further ado, our producers lead the way, and that's Ty and Tom. Gentlemen, what you got? All right, Anita. Well, we've been talking about it the last 20 minutes or so, but Ken Rosenthal reporting that Juan Soto has rejected the $440 million offer for 15 years that the Nationals have offered him. And it looks like he will be involved in a lot of trade rumors. Uh, the reports are that he's um, they're going to have to be blown away. So uh, it's going to take a, a pretty big package uh, if you are a team intending to land him. He's only 23 years old. He, he hasn't even touched the prime of his career uh, as far as the age bracket. And he's one of the best players in baseball, generational talent. So uh, this could be 
this 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 is going to be a huge story going forward. He's still under contract for a few more years, so they won't necessarily have to trade him right now. But you know, punching those trade machines, I've already punched in Joey Gallo for Juan Soto straight up. I'm still looking for someone to tell me uh, who says no to this deal. So so let me ask you: is 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 also um, is you said Jeff Passan who's reporting this? Uh, well, it was originally. Um, Ken Rosenthal reported. Okay, are they saying why? Like, why? Why is he turning? Does he just not want to play for a Washington team that's in the middle of rebuilding? Like, what? Like, do we know why he's turning down such a monster offer? I uh, haven't seen a reason as to why he's turning it down, but um, I guess being flo- floated around on Twitter is the annual um, uh, the uh, AAV and how it's just a hair under thirty million dollars. And, you know, he wants to be paid higher than that. Yes, that the ultimately 440 would make him the highest paid player ever. But the average annual value of just under 30 million, about 29 million or so, uh, looks like it is not what he's looking for. Uh, I'm just going to quickly read this tweet courtesy of John Heyman. He says, Juan Soto declined 440 million 15-year offer from the Nats and will be available now. A few reasons he declined. One is the heavy backloading of the deal is tantamount to a big deferral. Number two, the $29 million AAV is seen as an old figure in light of Scherzer and other deals. And number three, the team is likely to be sold, so the owner is unknown. So those are the three reasons John Heyman has listed as to why uh, Juan Soto turned down the $440 million 15-year offer from the Nationals. Wow. A lot of money. It's it's a it's a it's a ton of money and but listen, security for fifteen years. Absolutely, but listen, you know I, I get it. I, I've had this conversation time and time again, uh, hosting Sports Talk Radio, and like I, I you know, I, I, money. I get it. Money is money is the most important thing, obviously, without a shadow of a doubt, right? But I just knowing how competitive I am. Like, I understand putting a value and putting a monetary amount on a team that you know each and every day you suit up for has a chance of winning a championship. Like, like, like I've, I've never, I've, I guess I've been blessed. Like, I've never played for a team, whether it's football, basketball, softball, baseball, whatever, whatever I've played. Like, like I've never played for a team that, was the worst team in the league had no shot of winning anything. I can't, I can't wrap my, I can't wrap my head around. I can't wrap my mind around blood, sweat, tears, risking injury, all of that. I get, I get that, you know, you're getting paid a ridiculous amount of money to play a quote unquote kids game. You're getting paid a ridiculous amount of money to play a sport for a job. I understand all of that. But I just, I know that I know me and I know that I would be absolutely miserable. No matter how much money I was making. I know that I would be absolutely miserable if every day I woke up and I went and I blood, sweat and tears fought, played for a team that just either the ownership group doesn't really care about winning, the upper man, the, the management doesn't write the, make the right decisions in regard to player personnel, manager, whatever, whatever, whatever levels and all the reasons why. 
I, I just there I would put a monetary amount on not playing for that team and and taking less money to go play. I mean, not not <laughs> not a lot less, but I would I would accept less money to go play for a team that I know each and every day I woke up in the morning, uh, we 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 had a chance of winning. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But I mean, if you're a professional athlete, what we're seeing in this era of player empowerment you secure the bag and then if you're unhappy a few years into the contract you can always demand a trade and in <laughs> baseball we get these no trade clauses a lot more frequently than other sports you can essentially pick your destination you laughed yeah I, listen I, I get it I, I get pick it pick your spot get the bag first if you're unhappy request a trade and go elsewhere. We're seeing it a lot in the NBA, and I know people have huge issues with it, even though they're being a little hypocritical. Um, but uh, maybe we'll start to see it more in other sports as well. What else you guys got going on? All right. Switching over to the NBA, it appears that Russell Westbrook and his longtime agent, Thad Fouché, have parted ways over what they're calling irreconcilable differences. Now, Supposedly, this has to do with Westbrook's involvement in the Lakers' plans for next year. Fouché, um, he told this to uh, Woj, by the way. Uh, he believes Westbrook's, quote, best option is to stay with the Lakers, embrace the starting role, and support that Darvin Ham public- publicly offered. And quote. He's been his agent since Westbrook left UCLA in 2008 and was the fourth overall pick in the draft that year. So what strikes me with this, Anita, is that Russ... To me, if Fouché is, if their differences are between wanting to be with the Lakers and embracing the role that they've got there or getting out, it sounds to me that Westbrook possibly wants out and his agent is telling him that that's not the correct move that you should make at this moment in time. So what do you believe could be the friction here between the two sides? You know, everything, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and, and Ty, I'd like to, for you to get in on this because I know that you're a Lakers fan and I'm assuming that you're listening to the noise that's coming out of L.A. But what I'm hearing is LeBron really wants Kyrie, Genie Bus and the Lakers don't. Um, you know, they also, like, part of that deal, um, you know, the, the Nets want to dump uh, Joe Harris's contract because it's like $38 million, the Lakers don't want it. They'd rather have Seth Curry than, than Harris. You know, the Lakers, right, they only have, what is it, 2025, 2027, or 27 and 29, something like that to offer. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing that Genie Bus and the front office aren't necessarily on the same page as LeBron James. Where does Westbrook fit into this, right? Like, how does he feel about what's happened? He's pretty much take the, taken the brunt. I know that there's a lot of Yanker, Yanker. I know there's a lot of Laker players that that are have been blaming Vogel right for the the poor season that they just had. So I, there's just there's so much coming out of L.A. Ty, what what are you believing? I think it's I, I think they're in a situation that obviously is not ideal because it feels like it happened longer ago, but the Lakers just won the championship two seasons ago. Like, there have only been two NBA champions crowned 
since the Lakers last won a title. And that's the Golden State Warriors and the Milwaukee Bucks. And yet it feels like that happened 12, 14 years ago. Then you got Jeannie Buss sending out you know, ominous tweets about her missing Kobe Bryant. And some are, are taking this as a shot at LeBron. And then she says, no, that wasn't a shot at LeBron. It, it, it just feels like an entire mess. And thrust into this situation is Russell Westbrook. And as much as I love LeBron, I mean, he's the reason why Russell Westbrook is a Laker. He, he pushed for this to happen. And it's an experiment that blew up in their faces. So now you have the organization who necessarily um, might not trust the, the, the direction that LeBron sees for, uh, for this organization to go, go, to go into. And that's why there's uh, the creation of friction. And you got Russell Westbrook, who just picked up his player option, which obviously he wasn't going to turn down. So it's just a big, giant mess. And the only team, there's only one team right now that's a suitor for Kyrie Irving, and it's the Lakers, and that's because they're desperate. They have a point guard who, in Russell Westbrook, was such a disaster last year. Kyrie Irving looks like Magic Johnson. Like, that's how bad it is in L.A. And now you have, you know, the experience factor with LeBron and, and Kyrie winning a championship together. So you're, you're thinking that if, if anyone can make it work, it's him. Um, so it, it's just... It's, it just feels like a, a bit of a power struggle happening right now between mm-hmm. the greatest player of all time, arguably the greatest player of all time, and the and a Laker organization that prides itself on on winning championships, despite the fact that it's now missed the playoffs uh, two straight or two two years in the last four seasons with LeBron, and then the one year that they they were able to make it in 2020, they did win a championship, and the other year that they made it, they they lost in the first round. So. They've had one championship season, and otherwise it's just been not a lot of uh, good things happening out there. One more thing before we take a break. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, I don't know if you saw this. Kyrie Irving and LeBron James are expected to participate in the Drew League Pro-AM. Hmm. Uh, they are going to play in Los Angeles in that Drew League today. Um, Dino Smiley, the commissioner of the league, told ESPN... Um, however, he is not scheduled to play at the same time as LeBron James is Kyrie Irving. So Kyrie's going to play at 11 a.m. Pacific. LeBron's going to play a couple hours later at 1:45. Uh, LeBron's making his first appearance at the Drew League since 2011, and that was right after they lost to the Mavs. Um, and this was when the NBA was shut down because of the lockout. So interesting. Le- LeBron and and Kyrie both playing in this Drew League to uh, league together today, uh, but not at the same time. Interesting, um, and and so, I, I mean, do a, a lot of a lot of veteran NBA players play in this league? Do we know? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Do a lot of veteran NBA players play in this league? Like, like how? Like, are they? Is this is this like a, an outlier situation that we're seeing two of the top NBA players in LeBron and Kyrie play in this, or like, you know, is you know, KD and you know. Uh, Harden and I, like do a lot of top-notch veteran NBA players play in this league. I haven't really seen that many, um, but it Ooh. is it is noteworthy that LeBron's first time playing in it since 2011. Interesting. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESP. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Again. Uh, Joe, welcome in. How you doing? Doing very well, Anita. Very, uh, you know, like I said, it's summertime, but there's so much action happening. I love it. You know, baseball, we got soccer, we got horse racing. So much uh, action going on normally uh, this time of the year. It's quiet, but not this year. There's a lot of stuff going on. There is a lot going on. Let's dive right into it. Let's talk about the Yankees. Uh, Tyone, uh, on the bump, pitching for the Yankees uh, tonight. Uh, run line, as we know is uh, plus 125 money line is minus 155 even though this is a Yankees team that has been struggling as of late what side are you on here Joe yeah when we take a look at it his total has moved up to nine runs these two uh, pitchers faced each other last Sunday and they both were terrible I mean uh, Tyone has been terrible in his last four starts last Sunday gave up six runs three home runs and Pavetta hasn't been much better for the Red Sox I mean he gave up uh six runs and eight hits in three to third innings here, and he's given up 13 runs. Anita, I think the safe bet here is to play the over, over nine runs here. Um, the last five meetings have all gone over. The last four at Boston, and of course last night needed the extra innings, but they've all been going over, and the total is nine. Um, I think the line is a little high for the Yankees, considering they have been struggling. Um, I'd like the totals game to play over nine and just hope for a high-scoring affair, uh, and that's my play in this game. Um, you know, this is, uh, again, a Yankees team. Unfortunately, they've been struggling. They have such a, a great lead in their own division in the American League East, but only three and a half uh, behind uh, the Astros now. And I, I'm, I, I want, I'm trying to, I'm looking at these team futures. Uh, league winner right now in the American League. Yankees still favored at plus 180, uh, but the Astros at plus 215. Um, you, are you dabbling in the futures market? Joe? Anita, Anita, two weeks ago, um, I caught some slack when I put the Houston Astros up in my top 10 poll. I had them up number one. Even when the Astros came to New York and played the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees were very fortunate to get a split. Um, you know, Houston outplayed them in all four games, and then the Yankees went back out there to Houston, and Houston beat them again. To me, I think the uh, Astros are a better team than the Yankees. They're, bo- they're more balanced, um, and um, I think, you know, Verland, I don't think anybody, I don't think the Yankees have a pitcher that can go up against Verland. They may be Cole, but that's it, and Cole's been very inconsistent this year. He has played well, but right now, it's possible when I'm on the air with you again, whether it be next Saturday or the week after, it's possible that we might have the Astros as the better record than the Yankees because the Yankees have two with the Red Sox. But right after the All-Star break, next Thursday, they have two games in Houston, a doubleheader. And if the Astros sweep those two, uh, you know, those odds will change in the American League. So, again, Joe Wiz joining us here. He has his own gambling show uh, here on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, why don't you let our listeners know exactly when, when that airs? Thanks. I'm on Friday nights at midnight. And of course, Saturday mornings, I'm on at 8 a.m. And uh, come football season, we'll be on on Sunday mornings time to be announced as far as the time is concerned. And um, of course, I have a lot of winners on Twitter. Anita, Joe with sports. We love putting out free winners online and people want free winners all the time. So they can't wait for me to come on the air with you. And I steal all your free picks. So I know we're making some money for people out there. 
All right, with that being said, let's turn our attention to the ponies in big weekend in Saratoga, of course, um, and two big races today. Uh, the first one is uh, is race number eight, and that's at 5.03 post time, and that's the Diana. It's a grade one uh, for four years or older. It's on turf. It's a mile and an eighth. Six horses are going to be competing in this one, and four of the six are Chad Brown horses. He's just, uh, this is his this is his race, right? Like, he pretty much owns the Diana each and every year at Saratoga. So with that being said, um, what horses are you looking at? How are you playing this one? Yeah, I saw you this morning on with uh, Mr. Kitchen. You did a very good job. Congratulations. Um, I don't know how you do everything with all the coverage you do from golf to horse racing and everything in between, uh, but a great job. But uh, here, you know, I know I heard you talking about it this morning, and I know, uh, you know, Bleaker Street is a horse that, you know, has won seven in a row, and he has, you know, uh, the top driver, top jockey in the country, as far as I'm concerned, in the red. And, of course, Chad Brown, we know, has four horses in this race here. Um, I'm just going to go place a win bet on the three horses. Oh, it's a short field. Um, there's really not much value in this race because of all the Chad Brown horses in here. The only long shot in here might be the five horse with uh, uh, Deleka with uh, Santana Jr. But I like Bleecker Street and to continue that winning streak. One seven in a row. I like riding winning streaks um, with the uh, one of the top uh, jockeys. And, of course, Chad Brown has four horses in here. Uh, I'm, my play is a win bet on the three horse in the Diana with Bleecker Street. I, uh, I'm putting a little coin on the two horse, Creative Flair. Um, I think that horse has some tactical speed and, and has been running well as of late. Uh, also, you've got race number 10, and that is the Sanford. This is a grade three race on dirt, uh, six furlongs. There's 12 horses, but the four horse, Forte, is getting a lot of love. Are you? Uh, are, is there a horse you're eyeing in the uh, Sanford later on? Again, six thirteen p.m. is post time. Yeah, when you take a look at it here, you look at the four horse again. Arad Ortiz is on it with Pletcher. Whenever you combine those two, they're very dangerous tandem. But guess what? There's the two horse, and Pletcher has another horse in here, Major Dude at ten to one. So I'm throwing Major <laughs> Dude in there with Velasquez. He always comes up big. Though. Velasquez doesn't run well when he's on, you know, running these regular races. But when there's a big race here, the the Sanford's a hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar purse here. Um, I throw in Major Dude. I throw in the four horse the, with Arad in here, and the other horse that I like in here is the six horse of Mo Strike with Florent Giroux with trainer Brad Cox. Brad Cox is one of the top trainers as well in the country. Um, that would be my play there. But I'm looking for an upset there. I'm going to go with the two-horse major due to win, and I'm doing an exact box with the two, the four, and the six with most strike, which would be getting good value at 8-1, to one, and Velasquez is at 10-1. to one. You don't see him too often 10-1 to one with Pletcher. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying into all the hype, and, uh, and I'm going to put money on the four-horse Forte. Um, right now, three to one. We'll see. I don't think those will be the odds at post time. That's for sure. One last race I want to throw your way. And that's race number seven. I'm hearing a lot of buzz on the seven horse in race number seven. River Day has a lot of speed here. And, uh, and right now, I believe that you can get that horse. I want to say it's eight to one. But also, uh, is, you, you watched uh, me on the um, America's Best Racing ABR uh, Saratoga Saturday, and you know uh, Jonathan is all over reinvestment risk. So any, any thoughts on, on, the, uh, on the seventh race? 
you know, when you take a look at it here, the seven-horse river dog with Jose Ortiz has trainer Kelly Breen. I'm very familiar with Kelly Breen. He has a lot of horses that he trains over at Monmouth and is one of the top trainers at Monmouth. Um, now, Jonathan Kitchen, he's on, he might be on this, uh, this five-horse reinvestment risk. Of course, I read Ortiz with Chad Brown, and of course, it's a big favorite at three to five. I threw those two horses in there, the uh, five-horse and your horse, the seven horse, River Dog, but I also threw a bomb in there. This is a bomb, the three horse, Fitzpatrick or Karamooch, um, at 30 to 1, Anita. So we're going to like try and light up the tote board here. I'm doing an exact box, three, five, seven in a short field of nine. Three, five, seven is the exact box. The five horse is going to be tough to beat with Arad and Chad. Big favorite. I do like your position on River Dog. Coming in, an opening line was at 20 to 1. I know that line's going to be dropping down more. Uh, and my bomb in this race is the three horse because, you know, anything happens, 120,000 on the line. Um, that's my uh, exact box in that race. Yeah. And, and just uh, for folks out there uh, that, that are into horse racing, um, the pick six, uh, no winner on Thursday, no winner on Friday. So uh, that pot has turned over and it is a big one for today. So a lot of folks will be participating. I'm sure you as well. Joe in the pick six uh, before we let you go. I, I know uh, you're uh, you are you out there in uh, East Rutherford right now or are you I will be there in a few in just a couple of hours. Um, we got the Meadowlands, the Meadowlands? Pace, um, pace 600,000 on the lines race 12. This race will be going at uh, roughly around 10 p.m. But there's a huge cottage this signature event at the Meadowlands and uh, you know the favorite in this race is going to be the six horse with Yannick Jingris who is one of the top probably maybe the best dry, harness driver in the country um, but in this race here there's a couple other horses to look at the three horse with Nighthawk the four with Dexter Dunn and Brian Sears the five. I'm doing an exacta and a try box in the 12th race for the 600,000 Meadowlands place three, four, five, six. The favorite's going to be tough to beat, Anita. I don't like playing favorites, but Yannick Jingris with Beach Glass, the favorite will be at seven to five. But even at seven to five, it's not an overwhelming favorite. Um, if there's one horse that could beat the six, it will be Dexter Dunn, who is one of the, also one of the top drivers of the country and trainer Nancy Tactor, who is uh, a very good trainer. So three, four, five, six for the Meadowlands pay six hundred thousand on the line. I gotta get there early, Anita, because weekend uh is playing at MetLife Stadium and there's gonna be like fifty thousand people. It's like going to a giant football game. It's like traffic uh you know, the post time for the Meadowlands pace is at six thirty and weekend starts playing at six thirty. Uh, again, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, two two last things I want to mention. Uh, one is the uh, tomorrow the Red Bulls are playing NYCFC. Uh, do you have a, a, a wager in that? Um, I, we won't call it a Subway Series. I don't know what we what what will we call it a. Uh, a, a we'll route, call it a route three, we'll route call it three, four ninety five series. Yes. I don't know. What are we calling it? <laughs> We're calling it a good soccer match. How does that sound? It's a five p.m. tomorrow. Red Bull. It goes there um, in Harrison, um, and the, these two. Uh, teams played each other on June 22nd. Uh, it was in a U.S. Open Cup Derby, and it was 0-0 at halftime, and then the Red Bulls pulled away 3 to nothing. So here at Bet Rivers, what I like about Soccer Eater is whether you're betting the Red Bulls at Bet Rivers, you can get the Red Bulls at plus 148, or if you're taking NYC FC, you're getting them at plus 170. So whoever you take, you're getting a return on your investment. So um, I'm going with the Red Bulls. They play well at home, and uh, they've already beaten NYC. CFC 
three to nothing when they met on January 22nd. So you're getting the Red Bulls at plus 148. I'm on the Red Bulls uh, in this matchup, and tonight is a big matchup in soccer that nobody knows about. This team, FC Austin, Anita, they've they're like the be- one of the best teams in the MLS, and they're plus 285. They're playing Dallas tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, I put it up on Twitter at Joe's Sports. Uh, F- uh, Austin FC is a plus three, 285, and they are the best team in the MLS. And uh, three-to-one return is going to be a really good investment. They've, they've been covering uh, their five-and-one in the last six road games, and they've all been underdogs, and they've won every single one of them. All right, last one for you. That's the Home Run Derby. It'll be here before we know it. Uh, I thought Pete Alonso would be favored. That's not the case. Schwarber is right now. My money's on Pete. I mean, to do something that uh, has never been done. Yes, there's been Major League Baseball players who've won the Home Run Derby three times, but not three times consecutively. My money's on Pete Alonso. Who do you like here? I like Corey Seager. I'm taking him at plus 850. Obviously, Alonzo, uh, you know, when you look at Schwerba, uh, obviously those would be the two logical choices, and we're rooting for the local he, local guy, Pete Alonzo, who's looking to go for three in a row. Nobody's ever done it. Griffey's won two, uh, three, but not consecutively. So, Alonzo, good luck with him. The value, to me, uh, on, on the home team, home player, Corey Seager in L.A., plus 850. And, Anita, I don't know if you talked about it. I'm sure you did. Juan Soto turning down $440 million for 15 years. He just turned it down. I was on the, on the feed just about an hour ago. Could you imagine that? Um, yeah, we've been talking about it. So, yeah, we, we've, we've, been, we've, been trying, we've been trying to process it, Joe. Uh, we've been trying <laughs> I know, I know. It's uh, it, we've been trying to process this. It's it, it's hard to wrap your heads around your head around. Can, that, I, can that I ask you one question? I, yeah. I know you're always asking me the questions. What's your position on Donovan Mitchell coming to the Knicks? I mean, you're the GM of the Knicks. What do you do here? Because it seems like a lot of Knicks fans are torn, and I I don't know if I've gotten your full opinion on what do you think the Knicks should do. I know you're a big RJ fan, but um, do you think the Knicks should go after him, or what do you think? Yeah, I I do. Um, and and you know, I've been talking about it. nice nice of you to listen to the show. We've been talking about it for uh, really the majority. I'm on the, of the road show. today. I apologize. It's, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm giving you a hard time. Uh, but my, here's my take. There's no guarantee. The, the draft. There's no like the NBA draft to me is nothing like the NFL draft, right? Like there's just no guarantee. I don't like the whole lottery system. I don't like the ping pong ball system. It's not like the Knicks have done exceptionally well in, in, in the draft in history. A lot of times when you go back and you look at, 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 you know, draft boards, two, three, four, five years, 10 years later, a lot of times, some of the best players, some of them aren't even drafted in the first round. So, um, you know, to me, Mitchell's a proven commodity. If, if it takes six, it takes six. I would make the deal. So you're saying goodbye to your buddy RJ and saying so long. No, no, they don't want RJ. They don't want RJ Barrett because the amount of money that he's going to, he's going to demand quote unquote um, next season. Really? That's interesting. Uh, I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious because I've heard all along that they wanted him. I don't know. Sometimes they put up these camouflages and they say they don't want somebody when they really do. I don't know if that's the case, but obviously your sources are probably more reliable than mine. So, uh, go, let's hope they get him because, uh, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I was kind of curious to see how you felt about it. We'll see.